This is Husker Online, your authority on Nebraska athletics. And we're back here on the Husker Online show. Sean Callahan, Robin Washett, Nate Klaus, and pleased to bring in Husker Online's Grace Harmon. Um, Grace, we've got a mailbag here. Um, what, do, what do you got to lead us off with? All right. What non-conference team would get you most excited as a future opponent? Uh, that, that's a great question. I know we've had it some discussion about that uh, Oklahoma down the road is going to be really cool Fifth, um, I believe it's the 50th anniversary of the game of the century so that one's right up there um, Notre Dame no brainer um, but it's kind of one of those deals where you're only going to get Notre Dame like once every 50 years Nebraska got that game back in um, 2000 and 2001 um, you know we'll, we'll be lucky to see Notre Dame on the schedule by 2050 in my opinion um, especially with their new scheduling agreement with the ACC um, you know, they play six ACC games, I believe, or five or six a year on top of their other built-in games with Stanford and USC. I like West Coast games, though, guys. I really, really enjoy. Um, I'd love to see Arizona State on there because I know how many Nebraska fans are in that Phoenix area. And I think if Nebraska could play a game at Arizona State, that would be awesome. Arizona Is Arizona on the schedule? Am I wrong by that or not? I don't not that think I, so. For some reason, I'm, I'm not thinking. 100% on that. Yeah, so the thing with the West Coast games is Nebraska's already played so many of those teams in the last 15 years that, um, you know, there wouldn't be, I mean, outside of maybe Arizona State and a couple, like, lower Stanford, tier. Stanford. Yeah. Cal. Yeah, Stanford would be cool. But, like, you know, the, the, the big names on the West Coast and, you know, the cool destinations, Nebraska's kind of already checked all those off the list. So Notre Dame for me obviously is up there because especially because that was, they played that game right before I started covering the team. So I didn't get to go to that one. So just seeing uh, that stadium would certainly be on the list. But if I had to pick another one, I'd say like Florida or something, you know, going down to the swamp or maybe, uh, you know, playing one of those SEC teams just for one, because it's fun to play SEC teams, but two, uh, you know, a lot of those you know, we could play in some cool college campuses and atmospheres. So that would probably be my next right after Notre Dame. Hook'em. Texas. Texas. Good call. That would get – I mean, a non-conference game with Texas would be – I think would be would be great because um, I don't know a Nebraska fan that does not just hate Texas. I mean, it's kind of like the Colorado deal, you know, and, that, and that's been a good one. Um, and and I, just like Oklahoma is going to be, I, I think Texas would be a good one. Um, you know, uh, uh, Missouri is, is another one that, that I think would move the needle a little bit, but yeah, I, I agree with the, the SEC schools. I mean, if you could get, uh, an LSU or, uh, I mean, even, uh, even like an Ole Miss now, or, you know, with Lane Kiffin there, I, I think that would be kind of cool, but, uh, or any of those Florida schools, yeah, really. Florida state would be cool. Too. Yeah. Florida state would be, would be great. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I think those are the ones for me, aside from, you know, the, the natural Notre Dame, um, you know, or even USC. I think that those are the ones that, that I would kind of look forward to. It just to. seems so strange to ever think an SEC team would come up here and play, though. They yeah. just they just don't do it. Uh, by the way, Robin, Arizona on the schedule in 28, 2028, they come to Lincoln. And then in 2031, baby, we're going to Tucson. <laughs> wow. Let's go. Let's go. Back up the wheelchair. I'll be uh, 51 years old and – Looking at retirement properties in Tucson when we make that trip. But uh, what do you got next, Grace? All right. Any idea what um, plans of some of the seniors that didn't make it to the NFL are? I mean, I know some of those guys are still holding out hope to get tryouts. So a lot of those guys, like uh, Muhammad Barry, Alex Davis, Mike Williams, um, I'm guessing that they're trying to stay sharp for that. But 
you know, realistically, it's going to be tough. I, I just don't know what's next if they decide, if they're going to move full into the career world, try indoor football, look at Canada. Uh, I mean, your options now without the XFL um, and these things out there are pretty limited. Yeah, and you know, with the whole offseason schedule being thrown off right now, those opportunities are going to be even less. So an uphill uh, climb got even steeper. Um, so, yeah, I mean, they're just probably going to try and figure out whatever they can do to, to keep themselves in shape. So if it doesn't happen this year, you know, maybe when there's more opportunities, when things hopefully get back to normal, they'll, they'll have a better shot. Yeah, I would think the mini camp invite, you know, opportunities would be maybe a little bit more limited this year compared to years past. But, uh, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if some of those guys uh, obviously going to hold out hope for that. But if they give it a go in, you know, for the CFL or, or even uh, indoor football. Do you have any feel which running back will be featured with Mills this year? Yeah, that was a good question that we were asked this week um, in the chat. And um, until we see practice, it's so hard um, to, to, to know who that number two guy is going to be. Um, obviously, Sevion Morrison, uh, Marvin Scott are, are both going to get great looks. They're just not in Lincoln yet. So that, that's what makes – um, that very, very difficult. Ronald Tompkins, as we know, is kind of overcoming an injury still. Um, so there, there's a lot of potential there um, with those two freshmen coming in. But until we see him on campus, it's hard to really know. Well, and so that being said, I mean, a guy like Ramir Johnson, I think, is the natural number two right now just because he's the one known entity behind Diedrich. So, uh, I mean, as things stand right now, I'd probably say Ramir. Yeah, Ramir Johnson. And, and I think that we're going to see the the two incoming freshmen, Marvin Scott and Savion Morrison, get every opportunity to, to make an impact there in, in the backfield. So, for me, it's, it's a, it's a toss-up between Ramir Johnson and, and uh, Morrison and Scott. All right, kind of a hypothetical for you. What would the reaction be from Husker coaches and fans if Noah Vedral somehow ended up at Iowa? <laughs> um, obviously, it would sting um, because if he's going to Iowa, that would almost mean he'd be in line to start there because I don't think Noah Vedral is going to go anywhere, but he doesn't think he's going to get a fair shake to start. Um, with that said, I don't think that's going to happen. I know Iowa had been talked about as a team that expressed interest because they don't have a lot of quarterbacks on the roster, but they have a returnee. Um, on their roster right now that that's more or less in line to be the starter and Ferentz has come out and said that in so many ways and they signed a really 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 high profile freshman that's you know people say he's like the savior he's going to be their next great quarterback so um, he's kind of the next guy after that so I don't know I mean it, it would really sting though there's no doubt if, if he went to Iowa did well especially yeah that would not be a scenario you'd want um, if you're Scott Frost well you can imagine just Iowa's glee of being able to take a Nebraska legacy former starter quarterback and you know have him you know playing on the other side I mean that but I'm sure if nothing else the jab to nebraska's coaching staff and their fan base would be worth it for iowa yeah that uh it would not go over well i mean i don't think there's any way to sugarcoat it and say well yeah it'd be, the state of nebraska would be proud of noah vedral and and uh they'd be happy to see him starting um you know at iowa <laughs> i don't i don't see that happening uh obviously i mean noah's a great kid and everything but um, you know, I, I don't, I don't know that it would uh, go over well in I, the state of Nebraska. I imagine just some over dramatized headlines in Iowa. One man's trash is another man's <laughs> treasure. You know, just, just. Yeah. Well, it would be. Is he better than what we got? Type of. I mean, it oh, would. Yeah. I mean, there would be all sorts of. Yeah, the, the Joe Burrow comparison. Yeah, the Joe Burrow. Yeah, I mean, it, I, I just. Yeah, it would. 
it would be that would be a nightmare scenario <laughs> for our sakes let's just hope that doesn't happen yeah <laughs> for the record northern illinois to me still would probably be the most likely unless you know rutgers maryland boise some other teams have shown some interest i know he's talking to a lot of teams i mean they're keeping it very quiet obviously but a lot of teams have expressed interest so we'll, we'll see where that goes with noah Bedrill. all right what are kind of expectations and projections for guys like damian daniels and keem green this year um, Damian Daniels, for me, it's getting his snap count up. Um, you know, he has really only been able to give Nebraska 15 snaps a game, 18 snaps a game because of his conditioning level. He can't really play um, against, you know, no huddle spread teams and stay on the field very long because it's really, really hard for him to get on and off the field. He looked great against Wisconsin when it was a slow it down game. Um, Jakeem Green, same thing. I, I think the year of maturing, redshirting, can you get 25 snaps a game? I, I think both those guys, if you can get 25 a game out of both of them, maybe 30 at the most, that's probably a realistic goal. Yeah, that's exactly what I'm thinking. It's just a matter of those guys being able to stay on the field. And right now, I just don't know if their conditioning is the point where they can be every down players. But the good news is when you have multiple guys like that, you can rotate, keep those guys fresh. And so I would imagine both will be um, big factors in that rotation in some spot. Yeah, and even – to me, the the bigger uh, deal with the, both those guys is not not the total snap count, but how many snaps can they give max effort at once? You know, it, I know Tony Tuioti has talked about how um, you know Daniels for for two or three plays is, is pretty good, but anything after that, he would he would really um, go down. And so, I mean, if they could give like six or seven snaps in a row at a very high level, I, I think that would really help the rotation. All right, final question here in the mailbag. All right, Cinco de Mayo. How'd you guys celebrate? <laughs> we um, I'm not a margarita drinker, and I know uh, Nate Nate's a big margarita guy, right? Or is your wife more the margarita person? Well, I mean. I'll, at this point, I'm drinking anything. Anything that you can. <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, my wife, my life, bleh, my wife likes margaritas, and uh, and I won't turn one down. I'm not. I don't like tequila like that. But I had. We had some. We ordered some. We ordered some curbside pickup tacos from um, Hacienda Real. It was busy. I. I mean. I was. I knew it would be busy at these places, but I saw pictures on Cinco de Mayo. How busy like El Petrero was, Las Margaritas, Hacienda Real, some of the great local Mexican restaurants in town, and lines out the door, parking lots full. It was pretty nuts. I mean, I think between the pan- uh, pandemic and um, just being locked up at home, social media pictures of people showing tacos and drinks, everyone's like, let's celebrate and go to Mayo and, <laughs> and, and go all out because what else can we do right now? Exactly. So I uh, did have margaritas. I got the, the lime and the uh, strawberry mixes and uh, did a little dabbling on both and then uh, ordered some uh, takeout from Muchachos food truck got the chicken tacos there it was delicious so yeah it was a good little sink you had to put that order in like a month ago yep Friday they opened <laughs> they opened them up on Friday and like by Saturday they were sold out for Tuesday so oh, yeah it was basically any if you're selling tacos you probably uh, hit the jackpot yesterday yeah, I mean, any any Mexican restaurant uh, hit the jackpot. Like, there's a line at Taco Bell, probably. <laughs> I, I guarantee it. Taco there's John's, Taco Taco John's had, a, had, a, had a banner day. Um, well, and it was Tuesday, too. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, Taco Tuesday. The, the old meme where, you know, Taco or Cinco de Mayo is on Taco Tuesday, and yet we're in a pandemic named Corona. <laughs> <laughs> How about yes. you, Grace? 
I got takeout from El Rancho, if you've heard of it. It's on oh, yeah. 27th and O. Super good little place. Cheap, good food. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I got some good tequila, the mez- mezcal tequila with okay. like little worm yeah, in sure. it. Oh. Yeah, I got a little smoky Dang, taste big to baller. it. Big that <laughs> money. Spend that hard-earned money. Yeah, and... Then I made some um, some margaritas too. So you made your own tacos, Nate. I, I cut you off there. What did you did you make your own? Yeah, we we just uh, we cooked or made our own uh, tacos, and and uh, we had some st- homemade strawberry margaritas. Mm. But uh, um, yeah, it was good. All right, well, guys, uh, that wraps it up here for the mailbag. When we come back, Nate Klaus and I are going to talk some recruiting, including Keegan Johnson. That's next here. You're listening to the Husker Line Show.